0: You are now listening to episode five of the Talented Tenth podcast. The Talented Tenth podcast is brought to you by Mosaic Management and Consulting. If you're interested in learning more about MMC, go to bshare.com slash get started. This episode is the third and final episode in a multi-part series on the traits that I hope to bring and, and that I expect in relationships. And mindsets and all kinds of things that I care about. Previously, I discussed the foundation, understanding and appreciation. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was in part one and part two. Chris Gregg and I uh, discussed the frame, which uh, I think is individual direction and mindset coupled with consistency. and And today. I wanted to talk about the traits that make that house after the foundation is laid and once the walls are up, the traits that make uh, a relationship feel like a home where you feel safe and secure, where you look forward to coming back. These are the traits that make that quality in a relationship in my opinion. And those traits are trust and loyalty. It's odd. Um, you know, I've been ten years in KSI today, and um, I had my my LBs up. Raheem and Ricky came up. Um, uh, Chris was Chris was down south. We had him on last week, so but he was down south. Uh, um, his brother Will is is going through the draft process and, and going looking to the next level. So he wasn't able to make it. Uh, he was down there with him. He always puts family first. We understand that. But 10 years. And late last night, we had a Zoom call with a bunch of all the the I2 brothers that were around when I was around. And to have that right before record this final part, when we talk about trust and loyalty, I don't think Uh, In my 30 years, there's been anything that exemplified uh, the power of that those two traits than black Greek letter organizations, and specifically for me, KSI and and IT. And so it was great. We were on for about three hours, some of us, and, and we'll probably do a lot more of it. But it was great to catch up, to reminisce, to pick at each other, Um, it's just, it's crazy that it's been 10 years. It's been a third of my life. So, um, huge, huge turning point in my life for sure. And, uh, wouldn't be where I am today without, without the bond and more specifically without my LBs. So it it was a great segue into, I knew I was going to wake up and record this and, uh, and it was, it was a good segue. Um, Jared asked me a question that I never really thought of last night. We were just kind of bouncing questions and stories off of each other. And he asked me, what was what was the toughest moment as Pole Marker? What was the toughest thing or um, what was the hardest thing to deal with? And I didn't really have a good answer, and I thought about it since. But... I think it was learning that you couldn't be a good man, a good brother, a good leader without learning who each individual is. In a fraternity setting, you tend to learn these things in the middle of the most important part of a a young man's life. and being a pole mark within six months of crossing with so many people that you respect, that burden was pretty heavy, and I took it very seriously. And I, I think that's that's the part that was the toughest part to learn, even though I did learn it. Um, I had kind of been used to influencing my own destiny. But you realize once you're leading an organization, especially after being voted to be vice pole mark and then ultimately being pole mark in the fall semester, Mm -hmm. that that's what the fraternity, the founders, and more specifically the members have trusted you with. They've trusted you to lead them in truly what's a critical time in their life. And to learn that at 21, excuse me, to learn that at 20, and to try and play a part since for 10 years, over 10 years, to try and play a part in trying to make your brothers better and to never forsake that that trust they have in you is the reason why my best friendships lie in this fraternity. So that was, that's the answer to that question. And, uh, that's kind of what trust means to me from a friendship level. Cause I I don't need much. At least that's what I tell myself. And, you know, I trust myself to know that I mean I don't need much when I say it and that when I no longer mean it, I'll admit it because it's not always going to be the case that you don't need something. It's not always going to be the case that you have everything you have all the, you have all the ingredients in your life and you don't need outside help. I know that's not always going to be the case. And I I trust myself. We talk about trust, Trust trusting yourself to admit when you need something and admit when you don't need something to keep it in that proper perspective. And at that time I didn't feel like I needed much. So I was so willing to, to expand kind of the purview of my relationships, especially black relationships, such a critical part of our lives and our history. Um, I was willing to lend my energy to my brothers and they and they gave it to me too. It was a symbiotic relationship. Um, and, and I've kind of learned that and, and that's the theme, hopefully for the rest of my life. I was watching on um, Apple Plus. there's this uh documentary on homes in episode two. It takes place in Chicago, and, and Theaster Gates is talking about Archive House and the Black Cinema House and the Listening House on the south side of Chicago. And he makes this comment. He's he's an artist, and uh, I like his work with, with Tar. Um, great, great artist out of Chicago. And uh, and I'll let him describe it. He, he He's taken homes on the south side of Chicago and turned them into spaces for the community, art space, spaces for creation, archives to know the, the good history uh, and some of the, the bad side of the history. But he talks about creating those spaces and, and not needing a lot and why he does it when, he's in, when he recognizes he doesn't need a lot. And I'll, I'll just let him describe it. Together, it's a kind of an exploded home. I don't actually need a lot of space for me, but I do want a lot of space so that I can see the mad potential within my people. What Theaster says when he transforms a place, it's not just fix the place and make it look pretty. He's saying, we live here. We raise our children here for a child to have any sense of hope. He's saying we don't have to move anywhere. We have to transform where we are. We tackled the building initially as a, as a artwork. Right. So, you know, all the cladding, you know, these... Ch- so that that was what I was describing there, and that's kind of how I looked at... It. it. It's crazy. That was the first thing I watched when I woke up this morning because I was sitting there... Yesterday, talking to all the, the guys, and I was just thinking about the question that, that Jared asked and then ultimately the level of trust you have to have with other people to, to be able to step in and, and be a facilitator of that space to grow and to, and to become all the things that you can be. and And I'm thankful that I was allowed the room That when I had, um, extra bandwidth to share, I was allowed to try and help others find that space to create and to become them, the person they want to be and and to fulfill the dreams that they want to fulfill and to keep me honest in the process. So that's, a that's kind of trust on the friend side, um, trust in family is, is huge. I think we, we approach it um, we approach family like it's a given that because someone is your family you trust them and I'm not one of those people. I'm just not. Uh, and if we're honest with ourselves it takes, it takes a while. You got to understand the, the true essence and the true rare the rareness and excuse me the rarity of being able to trust someone implicitly and even your closest, your closest family has to earn that deep security. You feel by trusting someone and uh, with my parents kind of told this during my law school graduation, uh, I've said on previous episode, my parents got divorced at eight and you think you know everything, and for me, I'll, I'll never get that day. I think it was, in, you know, it was in twenty sixteen. I think it was may have yeah, been May twelfth. Standing in in hog house, looking at my parents and my brother, and I told my mom, "It's like I get it now. I get it because I was a mama's boy, and you know when." your parents are a part, you, especially at eight, you start blaming people for for adult uh, things you don't understand. And I recognize in that moment that it is, it takes a lot to, to say to yourself, that my boys need to grow up with their father. And there's a lot of respect that it takes a little time to to get to uh, and love to do that. And my mom did that. But in the deepest sense of it, it showed that the resilience, it showed the resiliency of trust. Because here's someone that You've decided that, or y'all have decided that you're no longer going to be together, which is fine. It happens. Um, it, I look back on it; it's not as much of a it's not as much of a big deal. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. It's not much of a big deal now that I'm older, uh, as it was when I was eight. I thought the world was ending. But even in the moment that you make that decision, the level of trust that my mom and dad had to have. For her to make that decision. Trusting that he was going to be a good father. Trusting that me not being with my sons every day ultimately will be the investment necessary for them to be on the track that they need to be because they need to learn from a good man. A good man. And I trust that he will be a good man. That's big stuff. That's big. And also remember how my dad handled it, you know. Never forget that is your mother. She carried you. She loved you. Never doubt that. So there's trust even in relationships or in, in there's trust if you observe. There's elements of trust all around us and we need to see the different. It's not always one to one. I think the love the The lessons of trust that I've learned that are the deepest are the ones that I've observed in other people, genuinely observed, not just the facade you see. And so um, that was a moment there. I love my parents always have, never won't. But when you get to that adult level of trust, man. And so I, I did. I eventually got there. And when you do that, your parents, their wisdom sinks in deeper because you trust them. You trust, you trust that they have your best interest at heart in every way, shape, and form. Not in just the development of you to get you out the house, but the continuous development. Uh, they know you honestly. And so that level of trust is something that's, that's huge as well. Now, as it relates to romantic relationships, i just freely admit to you, I've never been in a situation where I've trusted uh, someone else in that way. I just haven't. I haven't. And that's probably just being cautious, being scared, unwilling to open up, feeling exposed, feeling on the front end like everybody misunderstands you. So why why would I trusting someone else and why would i open myself up to that type of uh, disappointment so that's something i gotta work on um definitely getting better at it but that's something i gotta work on that's i think that's something you always gotta work on especially as you grow in your life and you have success if you're always hearing footsteps behind you, like someone's trying to take something from you or do you wrong, the more you accumulate, the more you're going to fear you have to lose. And so, if I don't get this figured out now, um, you know, I just maybe solo, which is fine, but it's not the it's not the goal. So, let's trust for me. It's it is super layered very layered and uh, that's why it's at the end here I think all these build on, e- on each other right understanding appreciation you know um, individual direction consistency once you show that you can develop trust in someone and once you develop trust in someone the last piece, that last trait that lets you know for certain that someone is for you would be loyalty. would be loyalty. And I go back to the conversation we were all having last night. It was about 20 of us. It's loyalty. That tie is the tie that binds us. Sorry. It's loyalty. And loyalty is not something that you can give someone credit for until it's tested. Until it's tested. There has to be adversity before you can say someone's been loyal to you. It's tried and true. It's tried and true. There is no, you cannot give someone that credit unless there has been adversity. I, I, I was searching for a different way to say it. There is no different other way to say it. Loyalty is demonstrated in moments in which the trade-offs and the choices that someone else makes is in protection or in contradiction to what may immediately gratify them. In in protection of another person in a way that doesn't immediately benefit them. It's a more enhanced version of altruism, I would say. The unselfish concern for the welfare of others. Loyalty is when when the chips are down and somebody was put on the spot, did they have your back? Even if they didn't personally, may not have made the same choice. Or you may not totally be in the right. But you're not going to let the perceptions of actions erase what you know someone to be right now. What you know someone to be. You have history with someone. You know they're good people. In this moment, may not be the finest hour but I know this person and I got their back. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to elaborate on. And I don't have my micelo today. I just got some wine, but <laughs> Can't be considered one of my best friends until you demonstrated that. And Lord knows I've given plenty of my friends opportunity to show their loyalty, because I'm not the I'm not the smoothest cat, man. My delivery can be real jagged. But I tell you what, and, and it hurts to be misunderstood when your intentions are misunderstood and people think you're not. Um, That your heart isn't in the right place when you, in fact, are dedicating your life to, to try and try and be someone that helps folks find their, their best foot and, and to put it forward. So loyalty for me and my friendships have largely came when friends stepped in and said, no, 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 no. I understand how you may think that. But that's not B. B is a good dude. That's when the most potent acts of loyalty have taken place for me. That's not always going to be the case. There's different ways to show it. Um, but those are the those are the potent ones for me and my personality. As I always say, man, it, it's easy to be a good person and staying a good person, that's hard. When you're misunderstood and people are taking your actions out of context, they're not treating, they're not being, you know, they're taking preconceived notions and bringing them in, or they don't understand your communication method. Especially when you're trying your best to be to be good, that can wound you deeply. But when you got friends that say, No, I understand, man. You don't have to you don't have to prove anything to me, man. I, I got you. That's the big stuff. On the relationship side, I think loyalty is, here's my example. If in a relationship you're clamoring for communication and people to work on the things they need to work on to get better can make the relationship more sustainable. If people are sharing the things that they know they need to work on, admitting them to you. When they screw up, doing something that they admit they need to fix and work on, one way to show loyalty is to say, hey, look, I know you're on this growth journey. I love you. I'm not excusing your behavior, but I'm with you. I'm I'm still here to help you, help you grow in the areas that you've told me you want to grow, and uh, just know uh, I, I'm here to help you. Continue to help you. You know the big problems you can't fix overnight. Now I'm not sitting here telling you there aren't non starters because I, I can just hear people right now saying, no, 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 you can't respond that way to everything. Of course you can't. Of course you can't. I'm talking about within reason. But that's loyalty in a relationship to me. Hey, I know this is how you are. I know you want to get better at it. You're reverting back to this behavior. But I'm not going to discount all the progress you've made. Loyalty is always also putting your putting yourself individually in the proper context against what's best for a family for a relationship. Guys, if you know the most important thing in your your girl's life is not only besides your family and you is she really wants a career. and she's been fighting her whole life to have it and she loves you because you have the same qualities but this thing in her life this this opportunity in her career is something that's going to be hard to pass up are you willing to go where she needs to go to further her career because it won't necessarily set you back as far as it would set her back if she doesn't take that opportunity. That's a loyalty to a relationship. It may be inconvenient, but if it's not debilitating, and her missing this opportunity would we'll probably close it up for either an extended period of time or, God forbid, forever. A loyalty to the relationship is making that decision to help her further her career in this once in a lifetime situation. I don't know it's easy to sit back and say, "Yeah, that's what I do." No, no, no. A lot of us won't. So, to me, those are two uh, examples of loyalty and relationship. And with family, it's similar to the to the previous one, man. And, and with family. just it's your family it's your family as screwed up as they may be if they need you be there don't destroy your life to do it but if you if they need you be there that's it those are the those are the this is the end of those six characteristics that I, I think are hugely important and moving forward I'm going to try and put a group of friends together and we're going to elaborate more on the first season and I call this the first season of the talented 10th podcast um we talked about the fifth uh the the four things I wish I learned when I was 15 the four things I'm glad I learned when I was 15 by 15. And and the six traits that I uh, I look for in other people. And we're going to try and elaborate on them and get some conversation going where it's just not my opinion. Because I've had some great conversations after episode drops. And I want to hear some of y'all. Uh, I want some of y'all to hear their feedback. And I want you to come on. You can call me now. I can record on the podcast via call. So I'm going to try and get more people to to listen and give feedback, and I'm going to record it and share it with you all. But this was, you know, the first five episodes was me dipping my toe in the water. Before I invested in a lot of things and equipment and travel and all these different things, I wanted to make sure that this was something that I enjoyed and ultimately this was something that, people listened to and, and thought was was worth giving 25 35 minutes to and um, hopefully hopefully it's been beneficial I know most people have have said it was but that's where we are understanding appreciation the foundation. The walls, the house, are built upon individual direction and and consistency. And then the uniqueness of that house. The one that makes you feel like that house is yours, that you're you're safe and secure, is built on trust and loyalty. So I want to shout out Damage Control, my LBs, 10 years in the bond and um, many more to go so many friendships to the older heads thank you Um, to the young guys that came after us we're still here for you I love you guys and uh, I look forward to what's uh, what's coming next we got a lot going I'm gonna go on a road show I know I'm gonna get some different topics going. Not all going to be this self helpish type thing, but I look forward to to part two, to season two, uh, as we move into Q two, and we're going to talk about a myriad of different things. But that's all I got, and uh, we're going to play the outro and. We'll see you soon.